If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So hello, everybody, and welcome to the Eurotrip. It is great to have you along. Thank you very much for tuning in to the first probably about 10 seconds uh, so far. Really appreciate it. Uh, you may as well stay for a little bit longer because normally this is the point of the episode where, James, we talk about some sort of nonsense, try and try and warm people up for what's to come. We do faff about, lark around. Uh, we haven't got time for it this week, have we? Because it's a jam-packed episode. We've stopped doing these bonus episodes, although who knows, we'll probably do them again in the future. But because of that, we've just decided to pack as much in this week as possible. Yeah, there is so much in this week's episode, including, as you will find out in just a second, two of the class of 2021. So without further ado, it's time for the Euro trip. As Jan Alassandro always said, take it away. After Hilversum, Amsterdam and The Hague, the festival is going to make its home in Rotterdam. I really hope that, you know, you will enjoy the show this year. I want to send a message to all the people. Join us on the dark side. Let's have a party in Rotterdam. I'm Rambo Amadeus. Hi, my name is Andrus Mamontovas. Hello, my name is Sana Nielsen. I'm Paul Harrington. And I am Charlie McGettigan, believe it or not. I'm Dave Benton, winner of the Eurovision 2001. Hey, I'm Eldar, the winner of Eurovision 2011. Hi, I'm Chris Bjorkman. Hi there, my name is Martin Estadol. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, your favourite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And this week we are joined by another one of the favourites to win Eurovision 2021, Barbara Pravi. 
That's right, she won the right to represent France ages ago now. It was January. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a long, long time ago. She's been uh, knowing that she's going to Rotterdam for a very long time. And I sat down with her last week to have this such a fun interview with her. We got about half an hour together uh, on Zoom, of course, uh, but it was so, so nice. She was in a lovely quaint French living room. She had a cup of tea with her and she spoke about all sorts of things as she prepares to go to Rotterdam this May. Next month it is. It's not very long to go at all. Uh, you will as well hear this very interesting story and you're going to have to wait and see who she is indeed talking about here. He is so nice, like so nice. I project to bring him a flute, you know, because we want to to learn uh, how to play uh, My Heart Will Go On from Céline Dion at the flute. <laughs> so this is a big project. <laughs> so that is still to come. And we mentioned at the start of the episode that there are two of the class of 2021 on today's episode. So you will also hear some of Rafael from Poland as well. The Eurotrips Rotterdam road trip continues as well. I've been speaking to Viela. She is a student based in the city of Rotterdam. So we'll be catching up with her to find out what it's like for a young person in the city of Rotterdam. And friend of the podcast, Toby Eck. You may remember him from Melfest Monday from Aftonblada in Sweden. He joins us to get to the bottom of why Dina Nahr told us on her social medias last week that she could have been singing the favourite to win Eurovision this year. So all that and more to come, you're listening on Acast, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. That's right. So here we are again then. It is the Eurotrip. It is great to have you with us as it is every single week. It's brilliant that we know that so many of you are out there listening and enjoying the podcast. And incidentally, you may have seen you got a sneaky little bonus yesterday. Uh, we did a crossover with the brilliant Coming Out Stories podcast. So uh, me and James, we had a chat with Emma Goswell, the presenter of that podcast. So you can check that out, find out all about her podcast. We also have a bit of a chat about Eurovision. We also predict our winner of the contest this year, which I can only imagine will change between now and May. But loads of you also have been in touch about last week's episode of the Eurotrip, which featured the woman that James, you said actually is going to win Eurovision this year, Destiny from Malta. Absolutely. We spoke to her on the podcast last week. She's the favourite. I do believe she is in for a very good chance of winning. Uh, however, in the interview, Destiny herself said she is hoping to get a lot more points from the televote, but says it is very difficult for a country the size of Malta to do so. And it sparked a lot of conversation on Twitter. Thanks to everybody for getting involved uh, in that conversation. Uh, we are at Eurotrip Podcast. James said, I see nothing wrong with what Destiny said. If Malta had neighbours, they would do a lot better, 100%. Dean said, if Israel won the televote, anyone can. And then Freddie as well, he got in touch. He said, as they're sending along with San Marino, wildly appealing songs and names for the general masses. This year is truly a test to see if small nations can stand a chance of winning the televote. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it, to see what's going to happen in May? Because if Malta can't get the televote points this year, when can they? So can't wait to see what will happen. I'm sure Destiny is going to do really, really, really well. Also, Connor, he got in touch last week. And this is one of the best tweets we've ever had. One of the nicest tweets we've ever had. So thank you, Connor, for getting in touch. Uh, he said, this podcast has fast become my midweek highlight. I love it. Thanks so much. You're doing a terrific job. The countdown begins to next Wednesday already. 
Well, here it is, Connor. Wednesday is here. The countdown is no more. Although maybe you've already started your countdown to next week. Who knows? Who knows? But thank you, Connor. Really, really nice for you to get in touch. Uh, as always, if you are listening and you want to get in touch with us about the podcast itself or any of the interviews or any of the news stories and headlines we get from it, do get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram. We are at Eurotrip Podcast. But there's also another way to get involved, Rob. There is. You can email us. We are hello at EuroTripPodcast.com. And we do want you to email because we want you involved in the Eurotrips Eurovision sweepstake of 2021. Now, we said that, of course, we are jam-packed this week. We've got loads still to come. But that doesn't mean that we haven't still got a little bit of time for James to get his box out for us. It's coming. The box is coming. Can you hear it? Yeah, we should fill you in, by the way, listeners, if you didn't listen last week. Uh, James's box contains some of the prizes that you could win if you win the Eurotrips Eurovision sweepstake for 2021. So last week, we found we had a tote bag. Uh, we also had another mystery item. Uh, and this week, go on, get it out. Here is my mystery item for this week. <gasps> now. Check that out. Wow. I mean, arguably, <laughs> uh, arguably one of, one of the most forgettable duos to have ever appeared at the Eurovision Song Contest. I think what I am holding here may well be one of a kind. <laughs> I can't even quite work out what it is. Is it? Is it a DVD? It's certainly in a DVD box. Let's put it that way. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. It's it's very shiny as well. It, it, it looks relatively untouched, which actually doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. So you could get your hands on that. But the big question is, very quickly, of course, we've got loads to come. How can people get their hands on that? Yes, so loads of you have already secured your place in our sweepstake for this year. But if you haven't done it yet because you thought there isn't time, I've left it too late, there are still a very small number of spaces left. So please do it now if you've been thinking about it before. Uh, Get in touch. Give us your name and your Twitter handle to hello at eurotrippodcast.com. That's hello at eurotrippodcast.com. It's as simple as that. Do it right now. And as you're doing it, shall we do the news? I reckon we probably should. It's time for this. Right, it's time for the latest news from the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. And I think we've said this for the last three weeks or so. It's actually a strangely quiet period for the contest, despite us being, oh, give or take, 35-ish days to go. (laughs) That total is getting fewer, isn't it, every week? It really is. We're getting there. Yeah, we certainly are. But anyway, like I said, it's been very quiet. However, I have found some interesting stories, if you'd like to hear them. I would very much like to hear them. Uh, We will start with the big news of the week, which is, of course, that the keys to the Ahoy in Rotterdam have been handed over to the organisers of this year's Eurovision Song Contest. And the construction of the stage started bright and early on Sunday morning. Uh, Now, a couple of acts who will not be appearing on that stage will be Val and Navi Band. It had been proposed by the Belarusian Culture Solidarity Foundation, that's a mouthful, that the 2017 and 2020 Belarusian entries should form part of the Interval Act this year. But the EBU has responded to the proposal, saying all three 
these shows have already been organised, but added hopes Belarus will be able to return to the contest in 2022. Some sad news now, uh, songwriter Shea Healy has passed away at the age of 78. To Eurovision fans, he's best known for being the man responsible for Johnny Logan's song, What's Another Year, that won the contest in 1980 for Ireland. Uh, an intriguing story coming from Dutch newspaper De Telegraph suggests that Stephanie's performance for Greece in Rotterdam will feature, and I quote, something never seen before at the contest, and includes, and I quote again, several risks. Uh, I for one can't wait for that. Uh, and finally, more countries are starting to announce their plans for 2022, with San Marino planning to run a national selection in November this year, and Israel opting to use the X Factor to choose their entrant. The show will feature Netta and Simon Cowell on the judging panel. Albania's broadcaster, by the way, must be thoroughly annoyed that San Marino are planning to have a national final before December? In November? What's that all about? Although we did say earlier this year, come on, guys, stop releasing your songs in the first couple of weeks of March. And here we go. San Marino are ahead of the game. Do you remember what we said at the start? We said we've got loads to come. We've got to crack on with it. And we've still managed to meander around, but no longer. It is time for a friend of the podcast. He's back. And I had the pleasure of talking to uh, Toby Ek from Aftonbladet, which is Sweden's largest daily newspaper. You may have seen on social media, there was quite the scandalous revelation from Dina Nahr. Now, Dina Nahr has been a Melody Festival in a couple of times, and she took to Twitter to say that she'd recorded a song last year for Melfest 2021, which had been rejected and is now the favourite to win the Eurovision Song Contest. So before I ask Toby to tell us any more he knows about this thoroughly intriguing story, I got him to remind us exactly who Dina Nahr is. Her real name is Marlin, but but uh, uh, everybody knows her as Dina Nahr, which is her her solo, uh, her name as a solo artist. Uh, she's competed twice in Melody Festivalen, um, not as successful as uh, she would have deserved to be, um, um, but before Melody Festival, and she was also the lead voice in, in a girl group called Caramel. And that group had um, hits both in Sweden and also internationally. So she's, she's fairly well known, uh, but in a, in a population in, in, in a country with a, a population of 10 million as Sweden is, it's not easy to... Uh, to be an artist if unless you have you need to produce hits every year to be able to support yourself so so rather similarly to other countries of our size being an artist might not be your full-time job and I would say that that's the fact when it comes to Dinana. So it's understandable then that she would want to take part in Melody Festival and because you oh, know Oh absolutely she she loves Melody Festival and uh, um and um, she she loves the atmosphere and everything with that but also the fact that taking part in Melody Festival and uh, is an important part of an artist's career in Sweden because it it will basically um, secure your income for the coming year or two years or even three or four years if you are very successful. So Dina posted on our Instagram last week. She said, in this pic, I was recording a song for Mellow 2021, which unfortunately wasn't selected. Now there is another artist in another country who's going to sing the song at Eurovision. And guess what? It's on top of the betting lists. 
Now, Toby, do you know definitely what song she's talking about? As far as my sources has it, and I must emphasize that I haven't been digging deeply into this, but as far as I'm uh, uh, as far as I'm aware, and as far as my sources say, it is uh, the Maltese entry, uh, Shemekas. There was a debate, uh, people were, were speculating on a couple of other titles, but uh, as far as I know, that is the song that, that she is writing about. Now, of course, a Dina Na version of Shemekas would be very different to a Destiny version of Shemekas. I would imagine. Would you expect them to be very different sounding songs? I, I would definitely expect them to be uh, very different as every artist has their ID to a song and a demo version of a song can sound completely different from uh, the finalized uh, version that is uh, eventually released on, on, on Spotify. Uh, so, but, but there, there will of course have been similarities and, and, and parts of it that would have been uh, been the same. I interpreted her uh, her post as uh, a little bit sad that she didn't get to do it. I've I've met Marlin several times, and uh, I do not detect any any bitterness in this tweet. More of a uh, hey, look, I heard this song. I I had the opportunity to record this song, but my version wasn't picked up. And now somebody else is going to have a hit with a song that I loved. Damn! Uh, but but more more of a uh, more of a um, rather a, a a twang of jealousy, but but not uh, but not in a bad way. Can you can you understand where I'm going? What type of feeling? You know, uh, you wish somebody else success, but you are also a little bit. But I could have had it too. Darn! Now this as well is is a fascinating insight into the world of kind of Eurovision songwriting isn't it because this is what we see we see songs offered out across Europe almost to, to various artists and and this is just a really interesting example of that isn't it absolutely and and there are other songs in this year's Eurovision that that has been touted to several countries uh, as far as I'm aware at least the San Marino song has been uh, a song that has has been um, um, there has been several different types of demos to it. Um, th there were a couple of songs last year as well. If I don't, if I recall right, the uh, the Aseri song from last year, um, the one that is not called Matahari but almost I, Cleopatra. That was also a song that several artists were offered, or or um, several countries were were approached with the with one or two ver demo versions of it. And um, this is not uncommon at all. But this is also how how the music world works. Unless you are an artist that writes your own music, demos will be touted all over. All over the world. I've, I've also heard that the Polish song this year, uh, a very early version of that, has been sent to, to different um, um, uh, pre-selections as well. Uh, so so it, it's just funny because we can often hear rumors about artists who have tried a song or, or, or been offered a song, but it's quite, uh, quite nice to hear somebody say that Mm, hey, hang, hang on, I, I actually did sing this on a demo. But uh, you and I, and perhaps not even Dina Na, knows if she was the first voice on the demo or if she was the fifth 
because uh, songwriters um, might not always always be completely honest if they offer a song to somebody because uh, as an artist you don't want to feel like like oh I was the, the third choice or I was the fifth choice or or I heard another uh, uh, known uh, voice on a first demo and then I got the song so whether Dinana actually sang on a very early version or if if uh, if the Maltese artist actually had it before Dinana, but it was offered to several artists all over Europe. We don't really know. So this tells us then that Dinana, of course, was one of the artists who was hoping to go to Melody Festival in 2021. She didn't get there. Do you know any other names? Is it possible to mention any other names that we're trying for this year? Oh, we, we know quite a few. Uh, Andreas Wik, who wrote Clara Hammarström's song, uh, he was uh, he he was on his way in, uh, and um, this is of course also an artist want to uh, uh, own his own version of of how things work. But uh, I'm quite convinced that that he would have wanted to do uh, um, the Clara Hammerstrom entry himself uh, because the song was written for him originally. Um, but now he was in as a songwriter instead. Also, we have, um, as far as I know, uh, the the voice of the, the huge Avicii hit, Without You, Sandro Cavassa, had songs sent into Melfist uh, last year. Toby, thank you. Thank you. This is the Eurotrip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. So there we have it. We are now a lot closer to the truth behind that story than we were originally. Uh, thanks to, um, oh, what's he called? Toby, James is just being mean. Now, you may remember when we had Toby on a, a few weeks ago, uh, James somehow uh, forgot Toby's name. <laughs> but he's, he remembers who you are, Toby, and you are one of our most loved members of the podcast. So thank you for joining us every week. We know how busy you are. We know how much the Swedes love Eurovision. So we know you've got a lot on. So thank you for joining us. Don't listen to the mean man in the, in the backwards cap. I took my style choice today uh, based on Toby himself. I put a snapback cap on in honour of Toby himself. But he, I can guarantee, wears it much better than you. Never mind, I'm getting a haircut tomorrow. Let's move on. What did we say? You've said let's move on. What did we say? Oh, we said we've yes. got lots to do. Yes, okay, let's do this. This is the Eurotrip's Rotterdam Road Trip. Indeed, legally different to Eurovision's Road to Rotterdam, this is the best named feature in podcasting, the Eurotrip's Rotterdam Road Trip. And once again, your friend of mine, James Rowe, has crossed to everybody's favourite Dutch port city. I have indeed, virtually, of course, as we are meant to say in these unprecedented times. Uh, but yeah, as I say, I'm back there again this week chatting to Vierle. Now, she is a psychology student based at the Erasmus University in Rotterdam, and it's safe to say that she is the youngest person that we've had on the Eurotrip's Rotterdam road trip feature. So it's going to be great to get a bit of an insight into what the city is like for us younger generations, and that's no disrespect to any of the previous guests we've had on the podcast. Now, last week, you may remember that it was snowing 
in the fair city of Rotterdam. So I started off by asking, is it still snowing now? Yeah, I can look at my window right now and it's, it's, it's just started snowing. So it's uh, it's like really uh, switching the weather. Like two days ago it was sun and now it's snowing again. It's really bizarre. I've got to ask about the COVID restrictions as well, because I guess a lot of people listening are interested in seeing what it's like across Europe, across different countries. Uh, last week we were told there's still a curfew. I'm guessing that's still in place now this week in Rotterdam. Yeah, yeah, uh, the Avondsblok. Oh, there we go. I knew there would be a yeah. Dutch word for that. <laughs> it's the Avondsblok. Yeah, it's um, it switched. It was first till nine, but now it's still ten because we had like the summertime. So uh, otherwise, it would be dark when we were inside. Um, yeah, it's still there, and I really don't like it because uh, yeah, you can't go with like friends to eat because you need to be home very quick. So uh, yeah, that's still going on, and. Uh, yeah, everything is still closed. They were talking about uh, opening the uh, terrassa, the like uh, sitting outside at uh, restaurants uh, at the end of April. But now uh, the people from the government told us no, it's not going to happen because the yeah there's still uh, too much COVID cases. So that's unfortunately. But I I understand. Hopefully, we're going to see some changes in the next few weeks. Yeah. It would be, it would be yeah. great to see. Now, very excitingly, though, aside from your studies in Rotterdam, you are playing uh, an important role in the vaccine rollout as well, aren't you? Yeah, I work for the GGD. It's like a, a health company in the Netherlands, and uh, they uh, assure that everyone uh, in this country is going to be vaccinated. Um, and I work from home. Uh, all my colleagues do. And uh, they call us to make appointments. So people get a letter at home and then they can call our number and make an appointment. And now we're at the group of uh, 60 years and older and eventually everyone will be uh, vaccinated. Well, well done to you and thank you for, for playing a very important role because without people like you, it wouldn't happen. So <laughs> thank you for doing it. I think a lot of people listening uh, to the podcast, of course, are interested in the Eurovision Song Contest. And it's only a few weeks until uh, the grand final and the semifinals take place in your city of Rotterdam. Mm -hmm. The, the stage construction started at the weekend, so it's getting very exciting for fans. What is it like for people like you who live in the city? Are you seeing things going on in the city that tell you that Eurovision is coming to town? Um, yeah, I, I asked some friends about it. Uh, well, I told about this podcast and um, at the museum park, it's not near my house, but my friends live there. They have like a very big sign announcing that it's coming and, and they heard about it a lot. Um, so I personally didn't, but uh, last year, uh, yeah, well, before the COVID or was it during, I think, uh, everyone was still talking about it. And I had friends who wanted to... Um, rent like I've, they have a lot of student houses here with a lot of rooms so they wanted to rent the rooms to uh, uh people visiting the eurovision contest to uh also like get to know what kind of people come here and uh, so it was really a topic then and now i personally didn't hear a lot about it but my friends who live over there they did so yeah so there clearly has been a lot of excitement then, because obviously you mentioned that it was meant to be in Rotterdam last year. So it's almost mm -hmm. been two years of waiting for, for Eurovision to, to come to Rotterdam, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I, I also think it's like really an honour if something that big is going to be in your city. And um, 
that they can also see how Rotterdam is and what kind of city it is. Now, you mentioned about what the city is like. Give us an idea about what Rotterdam is like. In the past few weeks, we've spoken to people who are a little bit older than you. I don't think they'd be ashamed to admit that. So I'm interested to see what Rotterdam is like from a young person's perspective. Well, um, I originally come from Utrecht. That's like another city in the Netherlands. It's a little bit smaller, also a city. But when I, uh, uh, yeah, I visit Rotterdam a couple of times just to go shopping or uh, to go to parties. And Rotterdam is like really like a city and it's it's very big and it, like the buildings and it just really spoke to me like it's so like cool. And um, but I didn't really know what kind of people live there. But now I live here for three years and I think everyone is um very direct but not in a, not in a bad way if you re, if you understand them like they're, they're everything is they have good hearts it's just really direct and everyone is like yeah if you if you understand how they are and know that it's from a good place then you'll get along yeah it, it is a dutch saying op je teentjes getrapt it's like um when you uh take things very personally or uh see that someone is attacking you or something it's not what they mean at all it's just like who they are so if if people come to Rotterdam and the residents are very direct, they're not being mean. That that's just how no. they are. Yeah, yeah, and just go along with it because they they only like like conversation and having fun. Yeah. Now I'm interested in, in what the the nightlife is like for students and and young people because I guess that's what a lot of young people like us would get up to. So if there was no COVID restrictions, if it was a normal year and people could come mm -hmm. to Rotterdam. What is that sort of lifestyle like in the city? Yeah, it depends, I think, on what kind of person you are, because you have like within the young people, you also have like groups. So you can just I think everyone has a place to go in Rotterdam because it's so big. Um, I personally edit um, uh, at a sorority, I think uh, that's why I say it. So I didn't go out as much in the city because we had like one place where we always went to. But I did uh, went a couple of times in the city. You have like a lot of different different places to go, a lot of different music styles. It's just no matter what what kind of person you are, you're going to find a place where you feel like home. So I think that's very beautiful about the city and the nightlife. Now then, this is the the interesting part of the podcast because it's the part where. I have to learn some Dutch <laughs> and yeah, it, it's it's the part where I, I don't really like it because I probably will get embarrassed. So I hear you are going to give me a Dutch word or a Dutch phrase to try and learn now. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's actually connected to the nightlife because it's something uh, I think everyone in Rotterdam has eaten after the nightlife. And you can get it like everywhere, anywhere, anytime. We have a Thuis Resort. It's an app that people come to your house with food. Until eight in the morning, you can uh, you can order it. It's um, a cup salon. And okay. it's it's not really, really, it's not with G or something in it. So maybe you can do it. Can okay. you repeat it? Cup salon. Cup salon. Cup salon, yeah. Cup salon. So remind <laughs> me what that is. Yeah, it's a, it's a dish and... Um, yeah, it's like uh, 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 you get a box and below it's like French fries. Uh, then they put meat on it. I think shawarma dinner. Then they put cheese on it. Uh, they put it in the oven so the cheese will melt. Then they put uh, salad on it. Uh, then a lot of garlic sauce and uh, sambal, like a spicy uh, thing. 
and then you have just a whole box i think it's like thousand calories or something and you just eat the whole box and then you go to sleep and you feel very good the day, the day after <laughs> so this is the type of food that you would eat on a night out when you've had maybe too much to drink and you really need something to eat yeah yeah or yeah i thought when when because now at, at the eurovision song festival they're not going to be people from other countries right yeah it's not it's only from for the netherlands or maybe families from the so that's unfortunately because otherwise i would say after watching the eurovision get a capsule but maybe they can make it at home <laughs> maybe we can we need to look up a recipe or at least come to rotterdam in the future when we're allowed so so once again tell me the word and i shall repeat it again Kapsalon. Kapsalon. Yeah, it's like the first like, cup. Ah, oh, kapsalon. You say it much better than I do. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> Here we go. This is this is the Euro trip. Euro trip. So there we have it. Yet another chapter complete in the Euro trip's Rotterdam road trip. And as I always am, delighted at any mention of food. And that sounded delicious. Doesn't it just? That is exactly the type of food that would have been ideal if we were allowed to go to Rotterdam for the contest and we were spilling out the arena at 1am, a few too many drinks have been had and then that comes calling. That would have been absolutely ideal. Yeah, we'd spent, I don't know, about 15 euro on an amp still or something <laughs> at the back of the arena. You can see it now. Oh, heady, heady memories. We'd be stumbling our way to the Euro Club, wouldn't we, to... Uh... Get our moves on to a bit of matter, Harry. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> now, that is a sight I'd like to see. I would like to tell you a story about uh, uh, some drinks I had in Lisbon for Eurovision 2018. However, I am aware we are pressed for time, so shall keep it for another day. Say it quickly. Uh, no, I can't tell it quite quickly enough. I mean, you've ruined this now. Not only have you delayed the <laughs> podcast, but now you've left yourself in a place where you have to tell us the story. Oh. Basically, I, w- I wanted a drink. They didn't have many options left. I tried to get a vodka and Coke. They had no Coke. I tried to get a vodka lemonade. They had no lemonade. I had to get a vodka and iced tea. I'm not sure that was worth today in the podcast, well, but there you are. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Uh, incidentally, by the way, if you want to get in touch, remember, hello at EuroTripPodcast.com on email or at EuroTripPodcast on Twitter and Instagram, where you will have seen the announcement for who is joining us for this week's big interview. Uh, James sat down with Barbara Pravi from France, who you will hear from in just a second. But first, it is time to give you a little bit of my chat with Rafael from Poland. Now, he was not, of course, one of the class of 2020. And it was quite the story that he would be representing them at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Now, of course, you may also remember him as one of the presenters of the Junior Eurovision Song Contest in 2020, when it was held in Warsaw. And he will be singing The Ride in Rotterdam, which, incidentally, is a song that I very much enjoy. Bit of a guilty pleasure. In a moment, I will ask him what his favourite songs are that are in this year's Song Contest. But first, I asked how it came to be that he was representing Poland on the Eurovision stage this year. It was really a fast decision. Uh, 
January, February, yes. Uh, like uh, in a half of the month of February, uh, they just called me that my song is going to Eurovision Song Contest this year. Uh, the TV station make uh, the, uh, the regulations that they need to choose the song this year because in previous year, they can't uh, do that. Uh, so you need to change the song, you know, for this concert. So, uh, and they called to a few artists uh, do you have songs? We need some modern songs, some uh, retro songs, some uh, powerful songs uh, to have on the stage. And I sent my uh, song, my demo song, The Ride. And they call me, can you sing that? Of course, in your version, I say, okay, let's do, let's try it. And it was, it happens so fast. It takes me a lot, uh, about like three days for decision. And it was shock for me, you know, really, I was uh, uh, laying at home just after COVID, uh, I was in separation for 10 days and I get back to work in TV station and they call me, you're in. I said, what? Really? That's that's impossible. Why? What? what ha why did it happen so fast? I'm not ready, you know, and that's at all. But I'm shocked. I was shocked and I'm shocked right now, but uh, happy, just happy. I love, of course, San Marino. I love Switzerland, France, with the song. Uh, there's a, there are a lot of artists, you know, that they, they, they sing they sing perfectly and wonderful. And uh, it will be a great challenge, a great experience to sing with them, with the contest, of course. Eurovision is uh, sometimes uh, a different con uh, contest because you can't expect what will happen on the stage. You can you can be sure that your song is great, but <laughs> it happens that it's not. It's not. So uh, let's see. A nice little bite-sized chunk of Rafael from Poland there, but some people listening may well argue that is not enough, and that is fine. Uh, I was disappointed, by the way, when I spoke to Rafael that he wasn't holding a fish because that appears to be all I've seen of him on social media recently. What? Have you not seen this picture of Rafael holding a <sighs> massive fish? I haven't. Surely I'm not the only one. Honestly, you'll find it out there somewhere. I don't know what you'll find if you Google the phrase Rafael massive fish, <laughs> but good luck. Uh, no, he was just at home. Uh, his neighbour was having some building work done, by the way, so that if you heard anything in the background... That's what was happening there. But yes, anyway, this is a long way of saying if you do want more from Rafael, and of course you probably do, uh, you will be able to watch the full thing on Eurovoir's YouTube channel. It may already be there. If it's not, it'll be there very soon. So make sure you check that out. Now then, uh, we mentioned it earlier on, the big interview this week. It's a chunky one as well. It's a fantastic insight into the life of of Barbara Pravi. And now, of course, she's representing France this year uh, in Rotterdam. Very, very excited to speak to her uh, last week. She is such a bundle of joy. She's got so much energy about her. And you wouldn't know that just based on her song because her personality is very, very different to what it, you see of her on stage. Uh, so there's loads to come from her in this interview. But I started off by asking her what her memories are of the French selection show back in January. Uh, I, I got a lot of memories, so it's uh, hard to like just take uh, one. But um, that was very intense because we worked like uh, during three weeks to uh, prepare the show and uh, 
to prepare the lights and to prepare like each passage of, of uh, each artist. Uh, that was kind of unreal because uh, all this, this wonderful comments of the juries and all the votes of people, I was like, actually I was, uh, I, I think I was not really myself. I, I, I um, It's a, a, like a wave of emotion and I can't catch one, you know? Very overwhelming, we would say. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I remember one specific comment. You may remember who it was on the panel who said it. And a lot of people since then have said they compare you to Edith Piaf. I mean, that must be such a compliment. Yes, it is. But that's fun because... Um, the the real fun thing is that Edith Piaf and, and I uh, have the same size, ex precisely the same size and the same haircut. So that's <laughs> the fun part of the comparison. Uh, but yes, of course, but that's because uh, I think that's because uh, I made French, like typical French songs. And uh, with, you know, with a, a, um, a huge melody, I mean, with a, a huge possibility of melody and with a piano and cellos and everything. And that reminds uh, old French song. So I'm very touched when I, when I, when I learn, when I uh, see that people compares me because it's all the music I love and it's, it's the music I listen to. So um, actually I'm glad I don't have th their talent but I'm very, I very appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I'm sure many people would say you do have the talent. You are an incredibly good performer. What has the reaction been like from fans at the moment over the past couple of months? Because you are very popular with the fans of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are the, one of the favorites to win. What has that reaction been like for you? Um, actually, I'm trying to not really think about it because I know that everything can change uh, like every time. But I'm um, when I before uh, I won the Eurovision in France, I entertain a, a very uh, good relation with all the people who likes me and and talk to me and and listen to my music. So I'm trying uh, to keep the link uh, between me and the public because it's like. I'm a normal girl and and I only share what I share what I can like love music and 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 all emotions I can share but actually uh, it's very important to me to to stay very close to the people because I'm just like everybody so um, so I'm trying to not think about uh, the like the bookmakers and everything because it doesn't matter but uh, when people talk to me, I'm, I, I, I try to stay very like humble and respond to a lot of things and everything. For people listening, they think you're representing France at Eurovision this year. They might think this is the first time you've been involved in Eurovision, but it's not, is it? You have a connection <laughs> to the junior Eurovision Song Contest. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, France Television, so it's the, you know, the TV in France, called me two years ago and they say, hey, uh, we are searching for uh, a song to represent uh, France at Junior Eurovision this year. Would you like to try to make something? And I was like, yeah, okay, why not? So I, uh, and, and they knew that the, that the singer will be Carla. So the, the, the interpret of Bim Bam Toi. So I was with a friend, his name is Igit, and we were in studio and we, we, we were watching uh, Carla, uh, Carla's performance on a, on a French TV show called The Voice. Maybe you have the same. And she, she, she was singing It's Also Quiet. Do you know that song? Yeah, of course. From yeah. York. 
Yeah. And it's it's oh so quiet. Do 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 with a lot of like ah e ooh. And she was crazy. Like she was a really an actress and she was like so cool and so so beautiful and so brilliant. So we decided to make a song with this kind of Uh, qualities. I mean, uh, a song that she can act and be and and play and and be and and smile and everything. So we made Bim Bam Toi. us again and they say okay for this year would you like to uh, do it again and make the song for 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 2000 for this year and we said yes and we made j'imagine for valentina and we won so the eurovision song contest like for the junior will be in france this year incredible to think that you've been involved in the last two junior Eurovision Song Contests. You've won the yes. last junior. You are now going to Eurovision yourself. I mean, it, it's crazy to think that you've been involved so much. But what yeah, is it? This, this story is cool, actually. It really <laughs> is. I can't think of anybody else who has done it. Maybe you're the first. So well done if you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> What is it like now to be the main performer? Because, of course, you were the, the songwriter. You sort of uh, hidden behind the scenes. But now mm. you are the main performer. So it's a bit different for you this time, isn't it? Yes, of course. Uh, it took a long time to take the decision because I was afraid, because I was not sure. Uh, I wasn't sure because it's uh, more easy to be hide, uh, to hide yourself uh, uh, inside, um, derrière. How do you say derrière? Like, like yeah behind yeah behind the scenes behind yes behind the other people um so but actually when i take i i i, I say actually very often actually <laughs> when <laughs> when i take the, when i took the decision to make it but to make the the real kind of real eurovision uh, it was very uh, i i i think um a lot about it it wasn't just a you know it wasn't a Uh, an impulsion. I, I decided. I, I, I think about it during like weeks and weeks and weeks to to think about the good things, the bad sides maybe, and all the yes to to really to to feel good with my choice. Had you thought about entering uh, Eurovision before in previous years? Mm, they asked me if I if I wanted, and I and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was because I wasn't actually I think to make something uh, as huge as Eurovision in my opinion it's better if you are prepared and I was and, and, and it was really important for me to to be very precise and very um, okay with all the all my choice and to not let myself lose by all the, the the moves and all the medias and all the you know the visibility you can have 
on your song for this year, Voila, of course, you've said it so many times just in this interview. Uh, the the songwriting process for this, you've already mentioned your good friend who you wrote the last two junior Eurovision songs with. But on this one, you were joined by Lily Poe as well. Now, Lily yes. Poe, for me, I love Lily Poe, her music for me. Cool. Perfect. Now, so I'd love to know a bit more about that songwriting process with Lily Poe. She's a, a very good friend. And uh, at a time, uh, we were, Igit and I, very, uh, we were, um, the song was very hard to write because it's very personal. It's, it, I, I tried to be very precise and very just and put the best word at the best time and everything. So it was very, very difficult. And in a moment I was completely lost and I was like, okay, I will not do that song because uh, it's too hard. It's too hard uh, for me. I can't, uh, I don't find the, the words, I'm, I'm lost. So I called Lily because to write that type of song, you have to work with some people who knows you very, very, very well. So she's a good friend. So I call her and I tell her, can I, um, can I make you listen to the song and you will, with your exterior uh, vision, uh, you, you could tell me what's good, what's wrong, if something is, if I had, what I had to change and everything. So she had uh, the, the perfect exterior vision on that song because Igit and I was like very lost. <laughs> It was a it was a dream team writing the song. Then it was fantastic that she came. Yes, the yes. Theme. But you know, I I'm pretty sure that that uh, voila is so um, emotional because I worked with people I I really love and they really love me uh, in return. So I think uh, you can you you can feel the the love by this emotion on the on that song. I'm sure about it. Absolutely. And I think for people who don't speak French or don't understand the French language, they can still feel and they can still hear the emotion of the song. Um, for those who can't understand the lyrics, can you give us an idea about what the song is? You say it's a very deep and personal song. So what's the story behind it? Yes, but it is a song about hope, actually, because the, 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 the chorus says, um, voila, I mean, here I am, this is what I am. And this is the only thing I have. I have my hands, I have my eyes, I have my voice, I have my little size. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm only a, a little singer, uh, but, I'm, but I, I do my best to be what I think is better for me. I think it's a, it's a, a real message of hope and uh, to, 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 to be what you want to be without uh, thinking about the pressure of other on you. France always sends, or typically sends, a song in French, and sometimes it doesn't get as many points as I feel like it should, really. Did you ever consider singing in English at all? No, no, no. Not no, at all. Not, not at all. Not, no, 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 no. <laughs> but not because, uh, not because I, I, I don't uh, like English songs or everything, but uh, my... Uh, 
I don't know how to say it, but my artistic um, way uh, is French song. So maybe in the future I will translate it in English. Maybe maybe not voila or maybe voila or maybe another song. I mean, of course it's it's possible. But for that song precisely, and and for the 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 the, the, the Eurovision, it was so important to me, for me to sing in French, a typical French song, because this is absolutely the, the essence, the authenticity of what I am. I'm so, very um, glad. I'm very glad you kept it in French. I think it, I don't think it would have worked in English. I just was very curious, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> but I will make it maybe one day. But actually, I would love to sing my, I would love to sing in English. And I would love to sing maybe another song in English. I, I have absolutely no problem with this, but for this type of of, uh, of uh, experience, it was too important to be exactly what I am. Yeah, of course. And I think one other important thing about the song was the performance on the night of the show when you won, because that helped put across that emotion of what the song was all about. So is that sort of style of performance going to be the same for the night of the grand final of Eurovision as well? Oh, it's going to be not the same but uh yes of course the thing the important thing is i say uh, this is what i am i couldn't say that, that words because if you think about that words it's uh, they are very like huge words important words very true words so if you say this is what i am to the world you cannot be with all baguette and beret and uh, tour eiffel in i mean there's no sense so <laughs> so it's important to be focused on uh, what i say and and my face because when i sing i sing with all my my body i think sing with my hands with my face with my eyes um, i i feel my blood uh, from my feet to my to my hair so so it's very important to be focused on on the energy and the emotion and the and the message so it's going to be very personal and there's there's no there's not going to be the eiffel tower in the background for, for once no, mainly there's I'm going to be sorry. no eiffel tower <laughs> sorry for uh, all uh, all the people who want to see the eiffel tower it will not be the case <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? The Eiffel Tower is fantastic, but I think we've seen enough of it for now. Maybe we need a yes, break from it. Yes, I, I, I think so. Now, I, like I said before, you are one of the favourites to win and you are trying not to think about that so much. But have you been listening to any of the other songs that are in this year? Have you got any favourites or are you trying to just focus entirely on yourself? No, it, I think it's very important to to see what's going on. I mean, what's uh, what's uh, what's what's what are the other people and everything? I met the uh, Spanish representative yesterday. He is so nice, like so nice. I project to bring him a flute, you know, because we want to to learn uh, how to play. Uh, My heart will go on from Celine Dion at the flute. <laughs> so this is a big project. <laughs> Uh, and of course, I listen to, I think, like 50% of the songs. Now, if we turn our attentions to Rotterdam and May, which is next month, it's getting so, so close. Um, what is your life going to look like between now and then? Presumably, you're going to be very busy trying to, you know, hone your performance and make sure it's absolutely perfect. But what else is going to be going on in your life between now and then? Next week I will be in holidays and that's important because I really need it. <laughs> uh, 
and, and uh, last last week of April, I will uh, have one week of studio because uh, I told you before, but I'm I'm hardly working on my album because I wanted to to be out in September. So uh, I will work on my disc. I will. Um, prepare everything for uh, Rotterdam obviously and uh, and uh, and uh, and voila and make interviews and everything and everything and everything and try to clean my flat because it's begin to to, <laughs> to be uh, the bordel so voila <laughs> I've spoken to some other artists who are going to Rotterdam like yourself and we've talked about how much time you'll probably have to spend in your hotel because of the COVID restrictions, of course. Yes. Uh, oh, your face there. I must tell our listeners <laughs> that your face looked horrified when I said that. Um, <laughs> what do you plan on doing in your hotel room with all this spare time? I'm guessing you'll be practicing and maybe working on your album, but what else will you be doing to pass No, the- actually, I think I'm trying, I will try to like be chill with myself and I will read a lot because I love to read and I and and in this moment I don't really have time so if we are like in our hotel room I will have time to read (laughs) I really need to read (laughs) go on give us even if it's a French book give us a French book recommendation for our listeners if you want to it's an Italian book I I of course I I read the French version but in French it's called L'Art de la Joie which means um, the art of joy. And it's a crazy book. Like um, it's uh, more than uh, 800 pages. So it's a huge book, <laughs> but it's um, a wonderful book about a, a girl named Modesta and it's his life. Uh, she dead at, at 100 year. So it's all, his, all her life with everything, with all the questioning you have when you're a woman uh, and all the years you pass and everything, it's like wonderful. Perfect. So if you're listening and you want a book to read, there we go. Barbara has given you a, a very good record. And if you have time, because you need to have time to read that book, it's like too long. <laughs> yes, 800 pages. You may need a lifetime to read that one. Um, <laughs> uh, a couple more questions from me uh, before I let you go and clean your flat. Um, what are, what are your hopes for Rotterdam? Of course, you're going there to perform. There's a potential you could win. But what are your hopes to come out of the contest with? I think to have the chance to be there is already a victory. Like, I mean, we all have the chance to perform in front of us. I don't remember how thousand million people. It's like crazy. So it's already a victory. Of course, if I can uh, win. I will be, actually, I, I can't even think about it. But because I think that to be in Rotterdam uh, with uh, all those great artists and perform uh, my song, that, that song I love so much and, 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 I, and, I, and I feel so much is already, is already a hope. I mean, it was already a hope. So everything's good, actually. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so happy and... I, I say glad every time, but that's the right word, I think. One last one for me has got to be, uh, what message do you have for your fans across Europe who you will be hoping will be picking up their phones in May next month and voting for you at the Eurovision Song Contest? Oh, but I'm, I will be so happy if you vote for me, but I hope I... Actually, the, the thing I hope the most is that I will make the best 
show and that I will make you feel something like feel love and or feel happy or feel joy or feel sadness. I, I mean, whatever you will feel, it will be beautiful because it's a, it's a, you imagine it's like magic to, to can feel something inside your, inside your heart, inside your body. So I, I hope I will make, help you to, to feel something during three minutes. <laughs> and, and of course, thank you for listening to my music and thank you for listening to that interview because my English is kind of weird, <laughs> but I'm trying to do my best. <laughs> your English is much better than my French. So thank you for, <laughs> for, for okay, so Thank you. I will, I will uh, learn you to speak French. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. Well, in that case, I want to say thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks for joining thank us. You. And I wish you the very best of luck for Rotterdam. Thank you so much. And I give you all the kisses I can. What a gorgeous person. And what a fantastic interview. And I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking <laughs> about Barbara. That was lovely. Oh, she is incredibly likeable. And after listening to that, I don't think anybody could uh, not want France to do incredibly well at Eurovision this year. Impossible to dislike Barbara, isn't it? She's so, so lovely. I had a thrilling time chatting to her about absolutely everything. One of my favourite parts as well was speaking about Lily Poe, that songwriter, because I genuinely am a big fan of Lily Poe. I've seen her in concert before. You know me. I find myself all, in all sorts of places. Um, so it was like my world collided when I found out she was writing Barbara's song this year. I, as many of our listeners may be in the same boat, I'm unaware who Lily Poe is. Mm. Would you like to describe her in three words and three words only? Oh, I hate it when people do this sort of thing. And I'm going to delay it even further because I'm going to have to struggle my way to find three words. A fantastic talent. Right. So we don't know anything about what it sounds like, but it's a recommendation from James and that's all you need. Absolutely. Also, very good friends with the French representative from 2018, Madame Monsieur. Ah, your faves as well. Love a bit of French action, don't you? I love a bit of French action. I've never quite realised it. It's always been very, um, I was going to say subconscious. Is that what I mean? Unconscious. Unconscious. I don't know. I don't know. Should we move on? I think so. Oh, we're we're putting that in the podcast, are we? Yeah, that's going to stay in, surprisingly. Yeah, Yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, (laughs) let's, let's crack on. Because despite the fact we said we had loads to do, and we wanged on anyway and (laughs) the podcast is probably about four hours long at this point but it is time for the one second song which despite having one second in the title we (laughs) seem to make last for a very long time as well blimey it is it's the longest feature we ever do it's longer than some of the interviews oh let's crack on that's right this is the part of the show where we have to guess the eurovision song from the very first second now we are trying to guess the artist the country, the song title, and the year. Uh, James, you successfully got all four points last week. Which was a big surprise, I must admit. But the tables have turned this week, and Rob, it's your turn to guess. The listeners are in for a treat every single week. They get to play along every week, the lucky devils. But Rob, uh, it's your turn this week to play along. So for you and for the listeners at home, for the very first time, here is this week's One Second Song. Okay. I am middling levels of confident, whatever that means. <laughs> I, I, I will be able to give you an answer, whether it's the right answer or not. I don't know. Okay. Would you like to hear it once more just to try and bring those confidence levels a little bit further up? Yes, indeed. Yeah. I'll have it one more time. Thank you. 
I'm not even. I don't think I'm going to be able to give you a full answer this week. And also, actually, I'm not sure whether what I'm going to say to you is the name of the song or the name of the act. Oh wow, wow! We're not very confident at all. Go on then, give us the stuff you know. There's four points on offer. Okay, okay. I don't think I know any of it. This is this is a big guess. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Romania. Twenty eight. They might not have even been in it in 2018, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, Romania 2018, The Humans. I think that's the name of the act. I don't know what the song's called. That's the very uh, haphazard answer from me this week. Well, well, well. Um, Shall I put you out of your misery straight away? Yes. You have scored zero points. It's been a while since uh, since a null point, so we'll take it. It has. You were talking about The Humans for Romania in 2018. Their song was called Goodbye. Um, People with a very strong memory, especially to do with the podcast, may remember that that song has already been a one-second song in the (sighs) very early days, maybe last uh, August or or September. However, this song was, in fact, from 2015. (gasps) It was the host nation itself, Austria, the Make Makes. It was indeed The Make Makes. And their song, Rob? Nah, not got that either. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, in Vienna and I can't even remember the host country's entry. <laughs> it was The Make Makes with I Am Yours. Anytime that you're thinking of me, Dad, you might want me, I'll come. too mean by saying you can tell that Austrian television weren't that keen on hosting it again in 2016, (laughs) were they? Yeah, exactly. You may remember as well that the came, I was almost going to say dead last, but because of the strange Eurovision tiebreaker rule, because they performed earlier in the grand final, that put them ahead of Germany, who also scored zero points. Now, you may well be wondering why I chose Austria 2015. I think we all are. After last week, you took us round the houses with the explanation of yours. Here comes a very tenuous link. I'm ready. Uh, because obviously, earlier on in the show, you were talking about Dean and R, who participated in Melfest in 2017. Mm. Now, Melfest 2017 was hosted by uh, Hassa Anderson. I still don't know where this is going. Uh, Hassa Anderson took part in Melfest 2015. And of course, the selection process in 2015 was to decide who was going to head to Vienna in 2015. Uh, that's about it, really. I guess Sweden won Eurovision 2015 and Austria came last. That's, I kind of gave up in the end. but That explanation really came off the rails, didn't it? I was enjoying <laughs> that for a while. And then it was almost as if you couldn't be bothered to tell us the story halfway through. I found a song and I thought, there's got to be some sort of tenuous link in yeah, I gave up halfway through. 
Deary me. Oh, well. No points for me. Maybe. Maybe you got four points at home. Maybe you got one point. Maybe you got two. Maybe you got three. Who knows? Do let us know on Twitter at your trip podcast or drop us an email with anything else you want to drop us an email about as well. If you just want to chat, whatever. Me and James are quite lonely people. We've got no friends other than each other. So hello at eurotrippodcast.com. Talking, by the way, of the winner of 2015. We've got some exciting news about the winner of 2015. Do we not? We absolutely do, because in just seven days' time, it is Concert in the Dark, which is one of the only pre-parties that is taking place in 2021. And Mons Zelmalov himself will be in attendance. He will be headlining the show that will be featuring a boatload of other Eurovision artists that you know and love. Very excited for that. So yeah, remember, Concert in the Dark coming your way a week today, the evening of Wednesday, the 21st of April, which is very, very exciting. Uh, But as far as we're concerned, goodbye, sayonara, we're off ski. (laughs) We we certainly are. Goodness knows how long we've been going on for. Hopefully you've managed to make it all the way to the end. And thank you if you have done. We've mentioned it a lot throughout the show. Do get in touch with us at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Hello at EuroTripPodcast.com on the email. But until next time, whenever that may be, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. And don't forget, if you want to check out our crossover episode with the great people at Coming Out Stories, the podcast, uh, you can listen to that as well. That should be in the same feed as this episode you are listening to right now. And we will, of course, return next Wednesday with another of the class of 2021. And we may be back before then. We may not. Who knows? TBC at this stage. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled. But in the meantime, from me, it's goodbye. And from me, without Sateri this week, because less is more. That's what they say, isn't it? It's goodbye. They certainly say less is more when it comes to you. I'm six foot three, mate. Come on. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.